But why would everyone like you? You don't even like everyone. Why are they supposed to all like you? Assalamu alaikum, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wherever You're At, a podcast where we focus on self-improvement through Islam and just generally girl talk. When I was younger, I owned a lot of diaries. Like, I think I would pick up a diary every time I went to Marshalls or Target or anything. I would always get myself a new diary or journal or whatever you want to call it. Because I was just in love with journaling, except I could never get myself to do it consistently. I would either only journal when I was, like, upset at something, or I would, like, journal for three days and then I wouldn't for three weeks. And I'm starting to realize that that has really translated into my adult life. Um, for example, this podcast where I record a podcast or like three podcasts in a week and then I record nothing for like a month. Um, and what's funny is that in those diaries, the first line, bro, I could actually like upload pictures of this. The first line every time I came back, like a month later or something, it would always be like, dear diary, a lot has changed or like, dear diary, life is so different now or something like that but it's just funny because all I can say is that a lot has changed like in the past month of me not recording a podcast so I just thought it was funny that I literally am a nine-year-old at heart the same girl who was writing in those diaries so I'm gonna be honest I have been dreading okay okay dreading is a big word I have been putting off recording an episode for I think the last episode I recorded was the week before Ramadan so I'm gonna start there just to give you guys a little like I guess timeline of what was going on on my side um because I don't think I gave you guys a single update like probably maybe one update of like oh I'm recording tomorrow and then I never recorded um okay so let's backtrack it all started the for the last week of Ramadan okay so that week I got sick I don't know what it was it was like strep or something um but everyone was getting sick in my masjid I knew it was bound to happen but everyone was getting sick for like two or three days I got sick for like a week and a half and I don't know why but it hit me so hard to the point where like I had to stay at my friend's house for like two nights and three days because I was too sick to drive home even though home was only like 30 minutes but I was just so sick I couldn't go to work I couldn't stay for qiyam layl. I could only like go to the um if thought if I could I couldn't fast um it wasn't even that bad like it wasn't like a deathly sickness but it really did take a toll on me and yeah so that kind of threw me off course because that was the week that I wanted to record a podcast and then not only that but there was also a lot of um there was a lot of situations going on at the time involving friends involving family where I felt that a lot of my relationships were like not going to crap, but like there there was a lot of problems with them. And so that was like weighing heavily on me emotionally. So I also didn't feel like I was at a place where I could record. But the main thing at that time was like I was sick. Okay. But since I was still in school, I guess I was like pushing all my problems down. And I was like, okay, let me just focus on school. Because let me tell you, the next two weeks was like assignments nightmare. Like I had, you know, those assignments that are like due at the end, but they tell you that you should try and space them out. I didn't space them out, obviously. I, I'm like a deadline person. You need to give me a deadline, then I'll get it done. Um, if you tell me I have until May, I'm going to wait until May, you know? And alhamdulillah, I did get them done, but I couldn't justify recording a podcast when I had huge assignments to do. So 
then again the podcast got postponed and postponed and then I started getting overwhelmed with the amount of like things that were happening in my life that I like felt obligated to talk about on here and so it weighed on me emotionally I honestly for the majority of May have not been mentally where I need to be where I should be I have been kind of in a rut like literally bottom of the barrel rut um and this is literally because throughout this whole semester not even the whole semester I would say like the second half um when I had a lot of just situations that I couldn't fully deal with or heal from because there was so much going on I was working full time I literally felt like I didn't have time to breathe um so there was a lot of things that I was bottling up and I'm not a bottler I don't know about y'all but there's people who are bottle bottle I call them bottle people because they bottle up their emotions they don't want to deal with them and then they later on they like blow up and then they don't even know why they're crying or why they're um feeling like a depressive wave because they've bottled it up for so long I am personally someone that deals with it on the spot if I I come home and I am upset I will deal with it I will cry it out I will I used to even play sad songs to push it out like I do not want to keep it in because I know myself if I keep it in the longer I keep it in, it's literally going to explode in my face and I will not be able to handle it. But unfortunately, that's what I did. I had to bottle what I was feeling because the situations I was in, um, especially friend situations, were not something that I could just deal with on my own. It's something I kind of had to work out in person and I didn't get the chance to. So it just kept bottling and bottling and bottling. Then you add anything with family to that then you add being exhausted from work then you add the sickness then you add the like post-ramadan depression then you add the um the stress of assignments then you add like I was I was not my best self but yeah so back to the timeline there was sickness then there was assignments and then just in general May is the busiest month of the year you cannot change my mind on this my friend a lot of friends that I have, all of their birthdays are in May. All of them. I think there's like seven. Add graduations to that. How many people graduate? Probably like eight people I know. So that's what? Seven plus eight. That's 15 events already. There's my birthday. Then last year in May, I got married. So it was even busier than this one. May is actually crazy. I don't know if you guys relate to that, but in my side of town... May is not the month to mess with. You need to like always be, um, I don't know what the word is, on guard or whatever, because you need to like really schedule yourself and be like, okay, this day I have to do this. Next day I have to do this. This Saturday I can't. This Saturday, like everything like that. So here I am, end of May. And the only reason I am recording this, obviously I want to, but I'm saying the only reason I'm recording in such a busy month is because tomorrow is my 22nd birthday and I really want to post a podcast of the 22 things I learned by the age of 22 and so as you can see the deadline of my birthday being tomorrow means I have to record this today and I'm a deadline girl I said it and I'll say it again I'm a deadline girl I need the deadline to get it done um that's just how I work I wish I was disciplined enough to give myself my own deadline like for example like I could have said, okay, Wednesday, I'm gonna, I have to record the birthday podcast because my birthday is on Sunday. 
But knowing that I have more time means that I literally just can't get myself to do it, which is something I'm working on, honestly, because once I have discipline, I will be literally unstoppable. Okay. So before I get into the fun part of the podcast, um, the 22 things I learned by the age of 22, I added some we are not really strangers questions because like I said, you guys really liked that segment and I think it really does bring us closer. And since I haven't recorded in so long, I think it will, it'll set the tone again of the deep conversations and connections that I'm trying to make on here. Um, so I only added three questions and I asked you guys before and I said, do you guys like me to pre-plan my answers to these questions or do you like to hear it raw like unplanned just answering on the spot and majority of you guys said no I want you to answer raw on the spot like don't plan it because it it feels more real it feels like an in-person conversation that I'm having with you guys so uh, like I said you guys can answer the questions as well I leave um, a question sticker below the podcast if you guys are listening on Spotify and then if you're not listening on Spotify then I will also have question stickers on my stories because I love to hear you guys' answers as well and I do share some of them okay question one what have the past few weeks taught you okay so like I said the last few weeks not been the best not gonna lie there's like random days where I just started crying because of the bottling like I didn't even know what I was crying about because of how much I had to push down for assignments and being sick like I didn't have time to process the things that were going on um the last few weeks have taught me number one that I'm not a bottler I cannot bottle emotions I need to deal with them on the spot and that's just the way that works for me um number two The last few weeks have taught me that I need to learn to be okay with being misunderstood Um, and I cannot control others like other people's perception of me. I can't as much as I try to as much as I'm like so irritated by the fact that people can have a perception of me that's not true. um, I cannot control that and it's literally going to eat me alive if I continue to try to control it. So that's number two. And then number three, I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna have to leave it at those two things um I'm not a bottler and I need to be okay with being misunderstood yeah okay okay question two what are you currently working through that others don't see hmm okay so I don't so some people have noticed some people have not but I have removed all of my posts on social media in general like I removed all my Instagram posts all my highlights I archived every TikTok that I have because I have been feeling too seen like I feel and I guess it goes back to being perceived I just feel like I don't have control of how people see me and and a big part of this has to do with Islam and I've been really um, educating myself on tabarraj, which is the beautifying yourself and um, like making yourself attractive to a non-mahram, which basically on social media, if I'm posting with makeup or if I'm posting with clothes that are not like 100% modest, that I am committing tabarraj and the punishment for tabarraj is just not something that I can mentally handle and so 
I'm kind of finding a balance between where I'm at now spiritually and where I want to be because I'm not like deleting everything and saying, okay, well, I'm not perfect. So I'm not going to like have myself out there at all because my platform is something that I want to keep. I want to keep this platform of me posting and you guys connecting with me and modest fashion and podcasts and all this stuff. I want to keep it up because I know that especially my TikToks have had so much benefit to people. But I am currently working through what kind of middle ground I can be at right now. And a huge trigger for this has been... um, (laughs) I don't even know if I want to share this. Okay, so basically I got a really disgusting dm i got a really disgusting dm from a guy and it was so nasty and so vulgar that it really honestly put me like in a shock and i think i'm still in that shock i haven't even fully processed it but um it 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 immediately put me to tears of okay i don't know so i'm not obviously i'm not gonna like get into details about what it was but if you're a girl you probably know and it was just really something that made me feel like way too seen like the fact that people had access to pictures or videos of me or anything that I didn't like like it was it like even things that I've deleted in the past I just feel like I wasn't aware at the time of the things that I was posting and the access that people on the internet had to me and that's just really something that like literally like took me not took me by surprise but it really honestly was humbling it was very very humbling and I honestly think Allah Swan Tyler had that happen for a reason obviously it's not what I preferred at all like I wouldn't ever wish for a girl to receive a message like the one that I did But everything happens for a reason. And so I want to use that experience to kind of improve my presence on social media. Not that it was bad, guys. It literally like my presence. I don't view my presence on social media as bad, but I do feel like we have normalized so many things that are haram in Islam. And I want to like find, like I said, that middle ground instead of just being like, okay, everyone's doing it. Everyone's posting like this. So it's fine. Um. And so that's kind of what I'm working through right now that I haven't really vocalized or told other people. Um, So yeah, I do recommend everyone to kind of reevaluate what they post on social media and making sure that we're not posting in a way that's like, that could be perceived as seductive or anything like that. Like you as a Muslim woman, should feel beautiful but we should not be feeling seductive or sexy or anything like that and I'm not saying that I was like that but in the past there's things that I've posted that I wasn't proud of at this point obviously at the time I was blinded by just the normalization of posting anything that you feel pretty in you know but yes I definitely recommend reevaluating what you post and what's out there because once it is out there you cannot take it down and I wish I took that advice um sooner so ugh, that one's heavy so number three I've, i think it's like a lighter one what is your favorite part uh, about yourself that isn't physical uh, my favorite part about myself that isn't physical is 
and it's crazy because I was just talking about this yesterday, but I think it's my selflessness. Like my... My ability to put people before myself and be genuinely happy making them happy is something that I feel like was viewed as a weakness for a lot of years, but it's something that my mother, I feel like, has instilled in me. She always has made it like a known fact that if you see someone that needs help, you're crazy to not help them. Go run and help them. Go run and take those grocery bags out of their hands. Go run and help them clean the masjid. Go run. Like, that is what she had taught me, and my dad does that by example. My mom was vocal about it, but my dad showed the example of that. Always helping out at the masjid, always finding someone that needs help and just dedicating yourself to that, like either helping with parking or helping at Sunday school, anything like that. My parents have instilled that within me and that's something that I want to instill in my children as well. Um, Obviously, over the years um, during my developmental period, you know, like 13 to like 18 years old, like that time, I feel like I kind of abused my selflessness to the point where it turned into people pleasing and that's kind of something I want to take back. I want to take back the selflessness part that I learned as a child and remove the people-pleasing part out of it because I feel like it's such a good trait for people to have. So that would be my favorite part about myself that is not physical. <sighs> okay. My heart is feeling a little bit heavy after those questions. I don't know why. Um, it's just because like I've, I've not been in a good place the past month and that is okay. It is okay to go through these periods where everything is confusing and nothing feels stable. Nothing feels comfortable. You feel like everything around you is like falling apart. It is okay to go through those times and you're not the only one that's going through them. I feel like influencers on social media and on TikTok, they don't post that side of them. I'm not saying like post a video of you crying um, and like have people relate I'm literally just saying that yes life is idealized and social media is like picture perfect but everybody goes through things I'm literally just a girl I'm just a teenage girl um and it's just important that we don't let ourselves stay there and we don't let ourselves dwell in that negative emotion because the reminder that this is exactly where Allah wants you to be is something that's really grounding for me. So I think that's something that you guys should remember as well. (sighs) Okay, on a lighter note, like I said, my birthday is tomorrow. And I'm, I always look forward to my birthday in like grade school, like in high school and in um, middle school, because obviously that is my day. I'm the most important person in the world. I don't care whoever else has the same birthday as me. It's my day. Um, but growing up, we never celebrated birthdays in my house, so it's not something, like, huge. But I do love having that day where you just turn a new age and everyone's, like, wishing you. It's very nice. So I'm excited. Um, but like I said, May is so busy. I'm fitting, like, four things into my birthday. And then I guess I'm trying to find, like, another day to see my friends and stuff. But I've always seen people do the the 22 things I learned by the age of 22 or 18 things I learned by 18 or 30 things by 30. And I think it's so cool that I actually get to do that for myself. So this morning, I laid down in bed and I at first was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to come up with 22 things that I learned? Like, I don't know. Um, Like, what category are we starting with? You know, like, I don't know. So, but then I started writing a few and then they all came to me to the point where I wanted to write more than 22. 
but I just kept it to 22. I think, um, I didn't think super deep into it, but a lot of the TikToks that I was seeing of this um, kind of birthday trend thing, they were a little bit superficial. And I was like, oh, shoot, like maybe I should have gone that route of like, um, always wash your face in the morning because this, 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 or like plan your outfits the night before. Like these are things they learned by that age, but like mine were like a lot deeper than that, I guess. But I thought about changing it. I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't make them this deep. But like I said, since we don't have that kind of representation on social media of like a Muslim girl doing these kind of trends and like hearing her life experiences and her life lessons that she learned that like, we don't have that that often so I'm gonna be that I'm gonna do that for you guys and I'm gonna do it for myself because these are things that I've learned and things that I am still learning okay this is so exciting I'm actually really excited okay <clears throat> number one without purpose life isn't worth living this is something I put as number one because there's no reason in I guess reading all the other ones if you don't have purpose in your life so our purpose as muslims there's literally the one purpose is to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he created us for this reason to worship him we need him he does not need us once you know what you are doing on this earth this earth that's literally falling apart and there's so many wars going on and so many personal life struggles like if you do not ground yourself with the purpose of life I honestly, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy in this world. Even though this world isn't for you to be happy, you're just not going to find that happiness and you're not even going to find that motivation to live, like to have a life here. So that being said, that kind of leads into like working towards your akhirah instead of working towards your dunya. So working towards the next life instead of working towards this life, instead of spending all your energy building this one and like making the most of the memories and YOLO, like, you need to make a huge part of your life dedicated to working on the life you want later because that life is eternity, literally eternity. And that's one of my other ones. So we'll talk about that later. Um, okay. Number two, you are your own best friend. So treat yourself as such. I have always loved hanging out with myself. But this doesn't, this never like took away from the fact that I do like being social with other people. But by this, I mean like there is no one that's going to be with you as much as you're with yourself. My favorite thing in the world is when people can enjoy their own company. Like when you can just spend time with yourself and genuinely enjoy it. And this doesn't have to take away from the fact that you might be a social person. You like hanging out with friends. You like being in public gatherings. Like that it doesn't have to take away from that because I enjoy that as well but just being your own best friend means that you're treating yourself as you would treat your best friend you talk to yourself as you would talk to your best friend you would gift yourself as you would give a gift to your best friend you take care of yourself as you would take care of your best friend that kind of energy towards yourself is so crucial because you cannot live your life and I have definitely done this, but you cannot live your life with all this negative self-talk and not taking care of yourself and beating yourself down all the time because you are not going to grow like that. You're not going to grow. You're going to grow when you're nurtured, when you're watered, when you're taken care of, like literally like a plant. So 
like I said, you are your own best friend, so treat yourself as such. Make that intentional. <clears throat> the third thing I learned, once you have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are set. And I feel like my biggest example of this is my husband, alhamdulillah, Abdurrahman, my husband, um, is the most God-trusting person that I know. SubhanAllah, like I strive to be like him. He is quite literally never upset. And this frustrates me so much because I'm like, how are you not sad? How are you not stressed? How are you not anxious? Like, where are those emotions in you? And he literally just replies to me. He's like, we had it. It's literally Allah's plan. Like, this is exactly what was supposed to happen. Like, why would I be upset with it? Can I fix it? No. Can I control it? No. Okay, moving on. And I actually think I'll never get to his level, but I do strive to get somewhere near it because the peace that this man has, and it really does frustrate me, but the peace that this man has just because of his trust of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like beyond beautiful. Like he genuinely enjoys his life more than I could imagine solely because he places his trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he limits he limits like how upset he gets when things don't go his way because he knows that it's not his plan it's Allah's plan and so that's what I'm saying in terms of like if you have trusted Allah you are set and that doesn't mean you have to be like my husband you can have emotion I am a very emotional person and I don't think it's a negative trait I think I care deeply and I feel deeply and that doesn't have to take away from my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala however when I dwell in the emotion and when I and when I get into the why me mindset why did that have to happen like I don't get it like my life sucks when I get into that aspect I'm losing trust in my lord I'm losing trust in my creator and that's something that we should stray far away from okay number four being selfless is not a weakness so I touched on this earlier in the we are not really strangers questions but I feel like I have been made to feel, and I feel like a lot of people pleasers are people who started out life as a child, as a selfless child, someone who would always do things for other people to make them happy because it made them happy as well. There's a saying about how the person giving is happier than the person who got the gift. Like the person giving a gift is way happier than the one receiving the gift because giving in itself is such a rewarding feeling, such like a like a happiness boost. And I feel like a lot of us had that as a child, but growing up, people haven't received it well or they abused our kindness, they abused our selflessness, and then we started becoming people pleasers, which is more like neglecting ourselves, neglecting our wants and needs and just putting other people first but not for our own satisfaction but more as like a fear of abandonment like fearing that they're going to leave us or feeling like it's all we have to offer is like being there for someone and being someone that pleases every single person that they come across um which goes into the fear of being disliked but all of that is rooted in childhood trauma so like I said I feel like a lot of us start being selfless and then it's been abused and we turned into people pleasers so I want to take that back and say no actually me putting other people first is not a weakness. It's literally commendable in Islam itself to care about other people and take care of other people and just be that person that puts a smile on someone's face. And so I want to learn how to manage that and like 
erase the people-pleasing part of it and just focus more on the Islamic aspect of being there for people. <clears throat> okay, number five. People will disappoint you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't. This is something I heard in a lecture last week. Um, people will always disappoint you. And it be your own. It be your own friends. It be your own family. It be your own community. They will disappoint you. It's inevitable. So if you put all of your happiness, all of your trust in those people, and your happiness depends on them being liked by you, them being pleased by you, you will be disappointed. But the one person who never disappoints is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he knows that he's waiting for you to be to realize that the people you value so much cannot be there for you and cannot love you the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. And that's something that took me a while to learn. Me, a wise 22-year-old now knowing this. Uh, actually, I'm not even 22 yet. My birthday's tomorrow. Um, okay. Number six. Sometimes the hardest part is starting. So I have always, like growing up, I think since like the fifth grade, literally since like the fifth grade, have had trouble starting tasks. It'd be cleaning my room. It would be doing my homework. It would be um, meal planning or project planning or anything, event planning. I would just put off starting. And there's so many different reasons for this, but my reasons for putting off starting is because I have this frustration that I get when I don't get things right the first time. And that's something that came from my childhood is that like, I feel like if I didn't get something right the first time I was, I was like penalized for it or punished for it with words. And so I put, I put things off because I'm like, okay, I'm scared of not doing it right the first time. And I'm scared of how hard it's going to be. And the feeling of not being able to do something is like the worst feeling that I that I have or that I experience, I hate that feeling. I hate feeling like a failure. I hate feeling like I couldn't do it or it's hard. So I put off starting all the time. But once I start, and I always start close to the deadline, but once I start, I get that thing done in like an hour, maybe two, maybe three. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is I get it done if I have the amount of time. And that just shows that I am capable of doing it I've convinced myself that I'm incapable of doing it before I even tried, you know? So, like, my first thought is, like, oh, you can't do it immediately. Like, there is no question I can't do it. Or if I do try to do it, it's going to be insanely hard for me and I'm going to fail at it. Um, but I've learned to not say that, to not, like the other lesson I was talking about of treating yourself like your best friend, I wouldn't tell my best friend, you can't do it. You suck. It's going to be hard. Give up. I wouldn't tell her that. I would tell her, you can do it. Just try. Um, the worst part is starting and then you're good. And then look, you did it last time. Last time you did it completely fully on time and everything. So you are capable of doing it this time. And alhamdulillah, my husband does give me that kind of support when it comes to, especially school, when I like put things off. He's like, no, you can do it. Look at the last time you did it. You got an A. Do it again. You know, that kind of like support is something you should translate into your own self-talk as well 
I hope I didn't turn into that girl who's always like, my husband, my husband. But I never talk about him, and I feel like it's so taboo now. Um, but yeah, anyway, so the next lesson is outgrowing people does not make you a bad person. So, and now this is not only something that I've learned, but I've learned to accept about other people. So, for example, other people outgrowing me. Like, they are like, okay, I'm outgrowing her. Like, she's not part of my life anymore. I have to understand that that's not, that that doesn't translate into them being a bad person. It's literally just them growing. And I don't have to agree and say like, okay, yeah, you're right. We outgrow each other. I don't have to agree. It's based on your own terms. So I convinced myself as well that me feeling like there's certain people that I just don't feel the same with or I don't. Or when I'm around them, I don't feel like I'm growing. I feel like I'm I'm being like set back. It doesn't make me a bad person. It makes me a bad person when I start to treat them negatively. That's when that's when there's behavior that needs to be fixed, you know? Okay, the next one is number eight. Don't be scared of vulnerability. We are all the same. And I feel like I learned this early on because I've quite literally never had a problem being vulnerable with almost anyone I'm always the person that's trying to ask the deep question the one that's going to make you cry like anything like I would love to be asked the questions that I ask other people um and I think I just have this like certainty that every single person is going through something so you are not alone and you don't look stupid you don't look weak you don't look whatever because everyone's going through it like it's a lie if anyone's like oh wow like she's like she's so depressed she's so sad like I'm sorry what are you going through babe open up it's okay I'll give you the floor you know what I mean like I've always had that certainty and like comfort of knowing that other people also struggle and so I've never had a problem with it however podcast is a little bit different um because like in person when I'm vulnerable with people I can see their face, I can read their face, and let's say they don't give me, like, a great reaction or I'm not received very well, then, khalas, like, I won't be as vulnerable with them next time. But on the podcast, I cannot see y'all's faces, so I don't know how it's being perceived. So that's something I kind of had to work through, and that's something that definitely stopped me this month from recording a podcast because I was like, okay, well, I feel like crap, and I don't want to go there and just be like, hey, everyone, feel like crap. Because, like, what are y'all going to do about it? You know what I mean? And, like, how are y'all perceiving it? And also, there's, like, not that there's people in my life that I don't want to hear that, but, like, I definitely don't need everyone to know that I'm going through something, you know? So that is a little bit different on the podcast, and I'm getting used to it. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. <clears throat> Number nine. Ooh, I, this one is, like, a huge lesson. Your, or to me, your healing era will not be as peaceful as it sounds. So I feel like the connotation with healing era is very much like self-care and like going on walks and understanding yourself and crying and, you know, but it's like, it's not that pretty. It actually is, feels like you're getting hit by a train. Like it feels like everything in your life is being like lifted under your feet. You don't know what anything truly is. You're losing touch with reality. You're, and this is just my experience, I'm not going to lie. Because in your healing era, you are in between your old self and your new self, your old problems and your new problems, things like that. And so you don't feel that stability of like 
who you are, your identity, what you stand for, what your life looks like, like none of it is stable is what I'm trying to say. And that's why we go so crazy because we're literally not mentally stable, mentally sane during the healing era. So there's this like huge false narrative that the healing era is just so peaceful and pretty and no it's not the healing era literally sucks but the light at the end of the tunnel is what keeps us going like working towards who we want to be not who we are is what keeps us going in the healing era and that's what I am in right now which is why I resonate with it so much but healing era is not pretty but it is necessary okay next perspective exists you are not always in the right listen listen to this one you are not always in the right I feel like when you surround yourself with people that are constantly like oh my god like why would she do that to you she's so wrong like she's the worst person ever or like uh yeah why did the barista look at you that way she's such a b-word like acting like eh, like you are always right and like hyping you up for always being right is so dangerous because you are just a human you are just a person and you make as many mistakes as the people around you. You have as many flaws as the people around you and perspective exists. You know, there's like illusion pictures where like someone's standing on one side and it looks like there's three bars and the other person's standing on the other side and it looks like they're four and they're arguing. Or for example, the number six, but someone standing in front of it, it looks like a number nine. Someone standing behind it, it looks like a number six. They're both right. It's just a different perspective. So <clears throat> a huge thing, and I feel like I've, it's not something I really learned. I've always, well, yeah, obviously I wasn't born with it, but um, it's not something I had to learn recently because I've always been able to see both sides of a story, both perspectives and understand that they're both right. They're just seeing it differently or they, it, it was experienced differently. And so it obviously it's hard when you're working and talking to people that are not um aware of this like they are not as aware of perspective as you are so they're only looking at theirs and you're trying to look at both and it's it's like an unfair situation but always know that do not let yourself become the person that's like feels like everyone around them is wronging them and like you're doing nothing wrong you know what I mean like you are also in the wrong and you should accept those flaws embrace those flaws apologize for those flaws work on them I guess that's what I'm trying to say I don't know if that made sense but what I'm saying is you're not always right but um you feel free to live in your delusion because I always live in delusion 11 be okay with being misunderstood I think I already talked about this when I said like I keep trying to control perception of me but I just can't and it keeps slipping out of my fingers and literally makes me spiral but when I saw this quote, I don't know where I saw it. I think I saw it on Pinterest or something. Be okay with being misunderstood. Wow. It really just, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. You misunderstood me. What can I do about it? Because if you really cared about me, you would come and ask me, hey, what did you mean by that? What did you mean when you did this? Were you trying to be mean when you acted like this? Or was it a mistake that you made? If somebody cares about you, they will ask you those questions. If not... Be okay with being misunderstood because you don't even want someone in your life that's not going to give you the benefit of the doubt, that's not going to look at you through a lens of mercy. You don't want that person. So I am learning to be okay with being misunderstood. And this is like one of my fresher lessons that I'm kind of implementing right now. I've learned it, but am I applying it? Eh, we're trying. Okay, 
Number 12, your parents are also human. Cut them some slack. They are going through life for the first time as well. So this one's hard because a lot of us grew up in households that were not the healthiest. And this episode is not to touch on like, you know, parent trauma and childhood trauma and all that stuff. But it is hard to cut your parents some slack when you feel wronged by them or you feel distant from them or you feel disrespected by them. But, but in Islam, there's such a huge emphasis on treating your parents right, like with respect. And there's a reason for that. And we need to really implement that part of Islam into our lives because our parents literally spent their whole life, their whole life, at least most of us, um, only working or living literally for us, going to work for us, waking up for us, taking care of us, taking us to places. Like all this stuff is what they did. And yeah, we weren't conscious of it majority of the time until we were like older. But the older you get, the more you realize your parents are literally just people. They are just people who had a child and they're doing their best. And if they're not doing their best, then that is your test. And Alaska Rantata will hold them accountable. But you should still always treat them with respect. And this is something that I'm trying to implement as well because I, not that I hold grudges, but I have a hard time, I guess, not forgiving people, but I have a hard time like having relationships with people when I feel like they're not trying to be healthy or they don't know how to have healthy relationships with people. And so it's hard to cut them that slack when you are, you're knowing how a healthy relationship should look like and then it doesn't look like that. But we were all raised in different generations and we're just doing our best. So that is that lesson. Okay, number 13. Disassociation is real and dangerous. I am literally the biggest... What is it? What is the word? I don't even know. I just disassociate so much and it's definitely a trauma response to stress um as a kid if there was anything stressful in the house or anything like that i would just mentally go somewhere else go to my happy place go wherever i needed to go but i was not there or for example if there was like a lot of stress with school i would disassociate from that stress like i would not check my grades or i would like pretend like i was doing great in school i don't know what delusion i was living in but what i'm saying is like i disassociate for like either periods of time or like in that moment and although it is a it's like a coping mechanism, it's definitely dangerous because number one, my life is passing me by. Number two, I'm like not realizing realizing how bad something gets until literally the end when I have to damage control it. And then number three, I'm not really healing. I'm just avoiding the problem by disassociating. So I definitely want to work on that because it is real and it is dangerous. So it's something that I want to fix. Okay, number 14. Sometimes when people treat you bad, it's your fault. <laughs> these are these are so good. I should write a book. Okay, what I mean by this one is that people are treating you bad because you let them. <laughs> and 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 this is not for every scenario, so don't hold my word to it, but for example, I as a 13-year-old and on have set up this example of myself and this expectation that I am, number one, always going to be there. Number two, always going to put your needs first. Number three, only going to be, like, always going to be close to you. 
number four like I would set all these expectations as like in that time of my life and I am still working to break them I am honestly still working hard to break those expectations because it's not it's literally impossible. It's impossible to be there for someone all the time. It's impossible to be close to one person all the time. It's impossible to never mess up, never make mistakes. It's impossible to always make someone feel good. But I set the standard like that and I actually worked so hard on setting that standard that now when I don't do that, people perceive me as like the worst person ever. They perceive me as someone that just hates them or or if I make a mistake or if I mess up, it's like, okay, it's because you hate me. It's because you don't like me. It's because you you want to treat me bad. It was my fault. I set up that standard. Now, it doesn't mean the other person's right. They still should not be treating me like that. But I set the standard and it's my job to break it. So if you're not trying to break your own standard and you're not trying to set those boundaries with those people who are treating you bad, they are always going to treat you bad. And that is going to be in turn your fault. I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's just what I think. Um... Okay, next lesson. Beauty is subjective. Allah SWT spent time on you. You're telling me the Lord of the world who literally made waterfalls, beaches, sunsets, the deep dark ocean, uh, space, the, someone who can create that created you ugly? You're joking. You're joking. Beauty always, always changes. What's beautiful right now will change in literally 10 years maybe less it changes every year to be honest is it going to be skinny or is it going to be if you're fuller it's going to be nice are you pretty if you're tall are you pretty if you're short are you pretty if your hair is long are you pretty if you have a bob like which it's literally changing every single year which is such a wake-up call for like those of us who try and chase the beauty standard and always try to like look the best every year every Every time there's a new trend, always trying to hop on it, it's always going to change. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala set the beauty standard for you as a woman in Islam. And we need to learn to follow that. We need to learn to take that and say, okay, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees as beautiful. And he's the one who made the world things that we find beautiful. Freaking Bali, Bahamas, Turkey. He made those places. So believe him when he says that you are beautiful. Ugh, I'm so woke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That one's a hard one. Honestly, I'm still trying to work on that one. Um, because I'm definitely someone who chases, um, not chases the beauty standard, but definitely holds it very close. You know, like if I consider myself pretty, it's because I'm close to the beauty standard. Things like that. Like that's something that I want to let go of. Okay, sixteen. One person cannot give you everything you need. In Islam, there's such an emphasis on community, and I think a reason for this is because of how different people give you different things. So there's times with my very close friends or with my husband where I'm like feeling like they're kind of falling short in the support that I need. And the reason for that is because I kept searching for support in one person. This like every type of support, emotional support, physical support, um, mental support. Any any type of support I was searching in the same person. And like I said, it is literally impossible to give someone all of that without emptying your cup. You have to find that in different people. Different people in your life will give you different things. You are one of those people. 
maybe you need to give yourself the emotional support and someone else will give you a different type of support. It's not all going to come from the same person. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Okay. Um, next, this life is nothing compared to eternity. I think I talked about this earlier in the first few. The one thing I cannot wrap my mind around is the fact that Jannah and the afterlife and whatever is literally eternity. What do you mean it's never going to end? Like, let's just take a second and actually clock that. What do you mean it's never going to end? There is no end to it. And I'm spending the, what, 60 human years of this life not doing what I need to do to prepare myself for the next life? Hello? Why? Any, like, we are so, we're in such, like, a disassociation delusion that we actually would rather work towards this life than the one we're going to be in forever. And that's just how we're created as humans. Like, we are supposed to, we are going to get distracted by this world. And since it is unseen, it's really hard for us to grasp. But that's where the faith comes in. So literally just rent clocking that the next life is literally eternal and this life is not. So which one do you really want to work towards? Okay, 17, no, no, 18. Being liked is overrated. <sighs> this is... So true, yet so hard to implement. Being liked is overrated. Okay, well, being disliked sucks. <laughs> it freaking sucks, especially for people who, like, put such a value in other people's opinions. Being disliked is literally be like being stabbed in the heart, like, 17 times. It hurts. It is like, I cannot let it go until I know why they dislike me. What did I do? How can I fix it? And I just go into this, like, rabbit hole of people-pleasing. But why would everyone like you? You don't even like everyone. Like, you don't even like everyone. Why are they supposed to all like you? And why are you supposed to make sure that they see you the way you actually are instead of how they're perceiving you? Why? How are you going to control that? You're literally just a human. It doesn't make sense. Snap out of it. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we started off so, like, cutesy and then now I'm, like, getting, I'm, like, yelling at you guys. I'm yelling at myself first and foremost. Okay. Um... 19 oh there's only like four left don't dwell in negative emotion don't be that girl who plays the sad songs for like a week and a half over one thing get through that thing if you need to do that for one day do it maybe two days you know yourself but don't dwell life is so much more than just playing the victim no offense no offense i play the victim all the time i love being the victim but like why would we just let ourselves take one thing that happens that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meant to happen and then you're just going to be like a whole week, a whole month of like, oh my God, my life sucks, bro. Like, why would that happen? Yes, there are huge life stressors that happen. There is loss. There is grief. There is financial stress. There's all these big things that I'm like... Clearly, the way I'm talking is not being sensitive about them, but I want you guys to know that I am sensitive to those situations. But dwelling extra, like actually intentionally staying in that negative mindset, in that negative feeling is just not beneficial to you. And so that's where, again, tawakkul comes in, where that trust in Allah tends to limit the amount of time that you dwell, is my experience. Okay, 20, little things will make you happy. I am such a big believer in little things will make you happy. 
and there was a not a professor I'm not sure but I was in this um breakout session I guess kind of workshop where she was where this lady who literally studied happiness or I don't know what she studied psychology and then she like did her thesis on happiness in the workspace I think um she was saying that happiness and gratitude does not come from the big things it's not like oh like I just got a new car or my best friend is moving close to town or anything like that it's literally the little things like oh I got to see my cat yesterday my cat was so cute or oh I got to get um coffee three times this week it was so good this day or oh I went to this new coffee shop and it was really nice or oh I was with my friends and we just made really good memories or oh I was with myself in my room and I got my whole room cleaned and I organized it and it was really nice I feel fresh now the little things will make you happy and anytime I'm trying to get through something for example if I'm trying to get through work or if I'm trying to get through like a day I will always look for the little things to get me through the day I'm like okay in two hours I'm gonna get coffee perfect I can get through these two hours the next four hours when I'm done I get to go to sleep yay I'm so happy after this I'm gonna go to Marshall's any little thing any little thing I use to make me happy because why would I want to be unhappy why would I want to live life boring you know what I mean so little things will make you happy 21 don't let shaitan be your best friend and I feel like growing up we see shaitan as like this like red and black horned like creature whispers in our ear mean like evil thing like that's really like I'm not gonna lie Shaitan is good at what he does. He is so good. He will literally speak to you as if he's like your best friend. For example, you're wearing something that's immodest. You know it's immodest. It's making your butt look juicy. You are about to leave the house. Shaitan, and then you're feeling that guilt. You're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't wear this. And then Shaitan goes, girl, you were wearing tights last week. Like, this is so much better than that. Or it's okay, like, you're going out, but you're going out with the girls, like, it's fine. No one's really going to see you, are they? It's that kind of whisper that's so hard to, like, identify that as shaitan, but it is shaitan. Shaitan will use the logic that you have. He'll use the lingo that you need to hear. He is smart. So do not let him become your best friend and identify when he's speaking to you and when to shut it down. I'm going to make a whole podcast about that, and hopefully I'm going to have a guest for that episode, so please stay tuned for that, because that's a huge topic. Okay, <clears throat> lesson 22. This is crazy. Mess up, repent, grow, repeat. Live your life on that. Mess up, repent, grow, repeat. You are going to mess up. It is inevitable. You're going to make mistakes you're gonna sin, you're gonna regret things in your life. You are human, you are meant to mess up. How can you grow if you are not messing up first? Mess up, then repent. And actually use du'a. Use du'a to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what you want. Don't use du'a just for asking for forgiveness and, you know, the typical du'as that we learn. Use du'a to say, yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please make my coffee good today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, please... Let me enjoy the next week. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make it easier for me to let go of these emotions. Detach my heart from this person. Help me with my friend situation. Tell me what to do with this person. 
all like talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is so close to you. Talk to him, use that, and then grow. Tie your camel. Do what you need to do, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do the rest. Grow, grow, grow. Do not stay where you are. Like that is a pet peeve of mine, actually. When people just you can tell they just they're not growing because they're not trying. They're not trying to like self-reflect or identify what it is inside that they should work on, that they should fix. Um, things like that. Like, I don't like people who are not trying. Even if it's baby steps, at least you are trying. And then last one, repeat. Do it all over again. It's a cycle. So those are the 22 things that I learned by the age of 22. And I can maybe have an extension on this episode of more things that I've learned, because this is definitely not all of it. But definitely, definitely DM me or respond to the question sticker of which lessons you want me to elaborate on and talk more about. And even you can send me messages of advice that kind of relate to those lessons. And I can definitely elaborate on those. But yes, I hope you guys had a great Ramadan. I hope this crazy month was good to you as well. And alhamdulillah, it's finally summer. We can all breathe. Even if you're working, even if you're in summer school, like you got this. Okay, so that's the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I am so happy to be turning 22 and embarking on the podcast journey with you guys. And I hope to be back on social media soon. So please be patient with me for that. And assalamu alaikum.